BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, I guess last week there was some optimism. Football had been practicing. More players were coming to campus. Arizona had been doing well with their testing. They hadn't had anyone turn up. And then as we record now on Wednesday, July 1st, it's all come to a pause. Arizona's not bringing any more players back to campus. There's, they didn't cite anything on really there. I think they had one player or one athlete, student athlete, test positive for COVID-19. I don't know if it was a football player or someone else that was on campus, but they're citing the fact that Pima County and Arizona as a whole is having a huge spike in COVID-19 cases as a reason to say, you know what, let's hold off on bringing people back for now. So just like that, one week later, everything's on pause. On the plus side, the chances of Arizona football being undefeated in 2020 are climbing by the day. <laughs> right. I, it's, we knew this was the case. And any, anyone who's listened, I hope you've got the impression from us that when we talk about previewing football or previewing basketball, we're doing it with the knowing that it's very possible that none of that happens. And granted, we don't want to think that way because we want to see sports come back. We want to see U of A back on the field, on the court everywhere and anything can happen but this is such a day-by-day week-by-week thing where even when Arizona was making their plans to bring players back to campus and start doing this and Dr. Robinson said I want to say a few weeks ago that he sees school being back on campus you know this fall now he's saying if it happened he had to make the decision right now no it wouldn't happen like that's what happens and with this virus is that you can project things but all it takes is one turn a different direction your projections get thrown out the window and that's where arizona is right now where yeah it's if you talk right now there's going to be no seasons not in 2020 yeah i mean the other positive way to look at this is that university of arizona is maybe taking you know if 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 it is true that there's only one person that's tested positive they're erring on the side of caution and really concerned about their 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 student athletes the school in general the staff all of that, and you know, maybe there's some benefits to having a university president who is a medical doctor, mm-hmm. who can, you know, as much as uh, Bobby Robbins is a football fan, he's the Hippocratic oath of first do no harm maybe applies when it comes to football season. <laughs> I don't know if it works during um, football because football is very much a harm will befall you type of sport. <laughs> be- you will befall. be harmed on the football field most likely. Man, you befall. Your writer words are coming out tonight, Adam. Yeah, I know, and it's early, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, 
like I think we talked about last last pod, you know, I still think they're going to find a way for football to happen because there's just there's just too much money out there and too many people that have been chasing dreams for too long and too you know all of those things kind of play into things. Uh, but I think the question as to when that will happen is very, very much in doubt, if if not even likely to be delayed until 2021 or later in the fall at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And that's something where Michael Lev, our friend there, uh, he tweeted out too, like if college football season was shifted, say, to the spring, then you have to push back the start of the next season, right? Because you don't want to have one season end in, say, March, and the next season begin in September, because that's a lot for these kids to deal with. And, of course, that sets up its whole set of issues where if you push one season back, then the next one has to be pushed back and so on and forth, so forth until you can maybe try to work your way back to normal. But, like, right now, it's easier to say it'd be safer to do it back. You know, the further out you go, the longer everyone waits to start sports again, then there's a better chance of treatments, vaccines, and all these things where it's like then you can start up the season knowing, not hoping it'll be safe, but knowing it will be safe. But we just don't know right now. Like, it's beginning of July, and if you would have had this conversation in, say, April, you might have thought differently. Numbers were going down, things to be trending in the right direction. It was like, oh, yeah, maybe this could be a thing. And then, of course, things changed over the last month, weeks, or what have you. So one thing to keep in mind is there were some, I guess, some headlines from some Arizona players who were speaking out so much you know, on Twitter about being on campus and doing the workouts when things were paused. Malik Hausman was questioning why are they on campus and if, Robert Robbins would say there's no, they wouldn't be bringing students back. And Bobby Wolf's like, yeah, he's going home. And Malik Hausman tweeted that his mom said she's coming to get him. You know, and it almost seems like a bad look where people are like, it wasn't so much the players, though, complaining about Arizona. And Malik Hausman definitely cleared that up on Twitter, too, when someone was kind of trying to say he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't feel safe, you know, that he is very, he believes in what they're doing. And I know Colin Schooler's parents came out and had some quotes saying that, they are really behind what Robbins, Dave Hickey, and the football program have done to navigate what's going on, which basically means, and I think they all know this, is that there's no, there's no proven path through this, but everyone's doing it as, they're doing it as safe as possible. And you mentioned that. Like, Arizona right now is probably causing out of an, abund- or causing out of an abundance of caution, which they should be doing. Like, I'm on board with that. There's no reason to push this. These are voluntary workouts to begin with. So no one's looking at Arizona and saying, why are these players on campus? What are you doing? It's more like, well, it's not going to be safe for anyone else, and it's probably not safe for the football players, so they shouldn't be there either, which I totally agree with. But it's just this is where they're at, and it's, again, it's, it's a pause. And I think Dave Hickey did say, like, the end of July is when they'll have an idea of football, which makes sense. Week zero is in August, right? Towards the end of the month. So if you get through July and you're not sure, then week zero ain't happening. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where they're at right now. It's a waiting period again. Yeah. I, I, you know, oddly enough, it feels... To, to make this something I can relate directly to me and be selfish like that, it feels very analogous to me and my fiance planning our wedding until we weren't. Yeah. You know, and it's like you kind of have to go, you have to have a plan as if, you know, plan as if things are going to go well, but have another plan for if the data and the trends tell you otherwise, right? And then you, at some point, you just have to, to make a call, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's I think it's a good reminder for us as fans that, um, you know, some of the players that were making comments like these are people. They're not obligated to be entertaining us because we're bored and miss sports. And like if they're going to be quarantining in place, who am I to say that they need to be quarantining in place with their football team? So, damn it, I can watch a sporting event. They might want to, you know, 
spend time with their family. <laughs> right. Um, especially like if they're going to, if they, you know, live at home and the grandparents there and they're trying to all self quarantine, like, you know, worst case, worst case scenarios for them is like, what happens if their grandmother gets sick and they literally can't see them, you know, <laughs> there's just, there's, there's a human side to that that I think it's good for us to all be reminded of. So I'm, I'm sympathetic to the, the players that speak out about that. I'm also sympathetic to, you know, <laughs> the leadership trying to navigate that and you know the schoolers family seems really in support of it like they're doing the best they can but lord knows nobody knows exactly what the script is for this so it's going to be what it's going to be <laughs> yeah and you also remember too to your point these are kids like never mind the fact that they're people these are kids who have families who are away from home for you know even like the upperclassmen for the first time really in their lives and if this is all going on back home and like obviously arizona's a hot spot right now for this thing for COVID-19 and of course Arizona's not alone now because Texas California a lot of the west coast actually especially the southern parts of this country are having those issues so if you're going to be quarantined if you're going to be sheltering in place would you rather do it in your dorm room in Tucson or with your family back home you know because it's I I would say with my family back home you know and I liked my dorm life I liked being in Tucson when I went to school but it's such an unprecedented situation where there, you said there's no script, there's no blueprint to get through this, and everyone's just doing the best they can. And to me, and like I said, I, I'm glad Arizona seems to be taking the safest approach possible. I'd rather err on the side of caution because the last thing any of us want to see is Arizona, like some of these other schools, like Clemson, I think, had, what, like a dozen players or 14. I mean, the numbers you're seeing from these, it's like, that's ridiculous. Like, these are people, to your point, Brett. Like, we don't want them to get sick. We don't want them to have to deal with this. And... It's of course this thing would spread through a football team with the close quarters there in and everything like so. It's do it as safe as possible. And to Arizona's credit, it does seem like they are doing that. You're not seeing people come out and saying like it's one thing to say, well, why are we here practicing if they're not going to allow anyone else? That's one thing, but it's not like they're saying, you know, this coaching staff or this is so irresponsible. We're in danger. No one said that they think they're in danger being on you know in the program right now or in Tucson. They're just saying, well, if it's not safe for anyone else, it's probably not safe for us either. Well, and if it's and beyond that, if the, if the season's not starting and classes aren't starting for, you know, longer than anticipated, why are you keeping them away from their family and crammed, you know, dorm rooms and uh, shared apartments are not exactly socially distant uh, environments and like shared bathrooms and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I generally applaud from what we understand of how the school is handling it way better than that guy that got ratioed on Twitter that said he would allow a million people to die so we had college football in September. <laughs> that was unreal. <laughs> but it, it's weird that you go to Twitter and find some terrible takes and opinions. Like, that's so unlike Twitter. It's not, I mean, especially in 2020, Twitter is really the place for reasonable, thoughtful takes. <laughs> but, so the workouts, though, will continue, it sounds like, for Arizona. They're outside, and outside is safer, and again, if they're voluntary right now. So anyone who doesn't want to be there, Dave Hickey said, like, if you don't want to be here, if you don't feel comfortable, like, we, we certainly are fine with you leaving, with you going back home, with you not being a part of this. And to your point, Brett, if football's not even going to start in August, in September, then there's no rush to any of this. And it's, I had to laugh because, like, you mentioned, like, your wedding, and, you know, we both feel really terrible about you having to postpone it. Like, when I scheduled my, my fiancé, we did it in March, of 2021 i'm like yeah that's smart I'm, there's no way i would do a wedding get married during football season i know better than that 
And now if, if football season gets moved to, like Michael Leff suggested, you know, January, February, well, I'm going to be getting married during football season. So I, I would happily take that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I could live with that. You know, like, that's fine. I'm not trying. to. It's such a first world problem to have. But just this is so new to everyone. No one knows anything. That's the thing. Like, there are still some people talking like football is going to start as scheduled. You know, and then there's also people saying, well, it probably won't. Well, then if it doesn't, what's next? Are you starting in November? In December, January, February, when are you starting the games again? And the truth is no one knows. And they're trying to come with contingency plans and ideas, but even still, they don't know if their contingency plans will work. It might have been, okay, skip the non-conference schedule, you know, and just play your – I've seen that out there where maybe the conference would just play their entire conference, an 11-game schedule in the Pac-12, which I don't hate that. But, like, you make that idea of, like, oh, that could be what we do. Well, can it? Like, no one knows right now. And that's what makes us tough. If you have if you have no non-conference schedule, uh, is three wins the new bowl eligibility threshold? <laughs> like serious serious question. Yeah, and, 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 you know, uh, and also as a as a season ticket holder in Arizona, I am generally in favor of not sitting outside Arizona Stadium in September when it's hot AF. But uh, you know, you got to do it safe, and even if they do it in the fall. If it's November, I doubt you or me are using my season tickets anytime soon. Right. I doubt there's any way. There's, there's so, that's a whole layer of complication of how do you get people into a stadium while maintaining some level of distancing and mm-hmm. spreading them out, and who do you prioritize for allowing in there? Maybe less of a problem at Arizona Stadium uh, with, I... with showing up crowd versus announced crowd differences as they are. <laughs> um, you know, but... It's it's one of those things like like I said it's it's like my wedding was we're, we're planning for it until we're not, <laughs> right? And and like there's a lot that goes into planning a wedding. There's a lot that goes into planning this football season. And like for you guys, at least it was kind of all within your bubble, right? Like you could control things. You have your vendors and all that. Your location. It's not just that. For Arizona could do everything all right. We talked about this. They could do everything right. They could have brought everyone back to campus. Had no positive tests. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's doing their thing. And if Hawaii has issues, well, what about that? If Portland State has issues or Texas Tech or someone else in the Pac-12, it's not these teams, these programs are not practicing or trying to get ready for the season in a vacuum. And as much as they try to be right now and you're safer in that vacuum in your own bubble to steal what the NBA is trying to do in Disneyland, it's not just about what Arizona does. You know, Arizona, if if they can be the whole team that gets through the season without a positive test, maybe they're just the default champions. Take that. They'll go to the Rose Bowl unopposed. You know, I would take that. But Arizona, but that's just, Arizona football coronavirus champions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, that, but that's where it's at right now. So it's it's such a weird situation. And, you know, we, we're still going to talk over this course of this show, uh, this show and, you know, ones in the future about as if there will be a season. But remember, we do understand that there's a lot that needs to go right for there to be a season, especially if it's going to be a season by the end of this calendar year. But the idea yeah, well, that they would skip an entire season, that seems unlikely to. Well, you know, it's another interesting thing. You mentioned the NBA uh, in Orlando. You know, Rudy Gobert was the guy that, shall we say, didn't take it seriously early on and joked around with mics at the be- microphones mm-hmm. at the beginning of, of coronavirus and then got it. I was reading somewhere that he says now, even three months after recovering, he still, like, it's such an invasive thing in your respiratory system, even a professional athlete 
or maybe even especially for a professional athletes and some it applies to like guys with NFL aspirations in college football like how much does that hinder their ability to be a professional athlete going forward if they can't you know they lose 20% of their lung capacity right like these are these are secondary but real concerns for some of these people right yeah well imagine having those dreams and being worried about getting sick like football especially is a type of sport where like everyone goes out there they know that there's a chance they're going to get injured right that's football everyone knows they're one play away potentially from tearing their knee or having some sort of devastating injury and they don't think about that they they can't otherwise you don't play football i've talked to enough players too at the professional level anyway like receivers going across the middle and stuff they're like hey that's i need to make the play I know I could get lit up. I know I could get concussions and all that. They don't think that way. But this is different. You know, this isn't an injury. And a lot of players struggle. That's they would say with concussions, too, because it doesn't feel like an injury. You know, it's like a, it's just there. You did just, it doesn't, it's not like you broke your leg or you tore your knee or you felt it. If you get this virus, you just get it. You don't know where you got it, when you got it. It's not this moment where you say, oh, crap, I just got COVID. You know, I just inhaled that. Like, it doesn't work that way. So it's scary. And that's not just for everybody. It's for everybody. But especially for athletes who do have those dreams and need to be in prime physical condition to achieve them, yeah, like no one like there's still stories come out of what they don't know about COVID nineteen, what it does to even people who are asymptomatic in terms of their lung capacity and overall health. Like you may not die, but you may be beat up pretty good and with lasting effects with it. And that's obviously something that we don't want anybody anybody, let alone these athletes and these student athletes to have to deal with. Again, because it's sports. We love sports. We talk about it. That's what we're doing on the show. But these kids' lives are way more important than playing Hawaii at the end of next month. <laughs> They're way more important than this season. You know, their careers matter more than the 2020 season. They do. Yeah. Everything you said is 100% true, and sometimes people need to be reminded of that. Us included. You know, like, we yeah. want to, you know, we're fans, too. and But it's just... Maybe next week's show, things will be better again, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's what this has been, though. It's like this wave. I, I doubt that. That's a little bit off, overall optimistic. But, you know, this, no one knows. We're kind of all in this doing the same things. Like, we'll see how it goes. And it just from our perspective, anyway, it sounds like we both agree Arizona's doing the right thing, you know? And even the players seem to believe that Arizona's doing the right thing. So that's, that's good. Yeah. So, oh, man, this is, it's all so strange. You know, we would yeah. be talking about, well, I guess, depending on what would happen, we'd be talking about what a championship baseball team, championship softball team, you know, golf program that went on a tear through their tournament. You know, and Nico Mannion suddenly lives up to the hype in March Madness. Yeah, still living off the basking off the national championship in basketball, both men's and women's. Like, if not for coronavirus, that'd be our entire summer of content. But Brett, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about a defensive line. Sounds good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I was about ready to say we missed out on Sean Miller cutting down the nets and yelling, suck it, Schlabaugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> and we're back. And Brett, as we've done for most of the shows over the last couple of months, we're going to break down a position group for Arizona. I believe we have one left. And it's the defensive line. Save the best for last. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably not. It's everyone who's followed Arizona knows their issues when it comes to defensive line play. When it comes to a pass rush, stopping their run, pretty much everything defensive linemen are expected to be good at or help you with, Arizona has you know, struggled. And they didn't exactly snag any top-flight recruits to change that. And there's not necessarily guys who were productive but super young that you figure with another year of growth and then, then a new system will just turn into elite players. Yet when we look at the roster – and the players are, and it does have a long defensive line. It doesn't seem like they should be that bad. Yeah, I think of all the position groups on the roster, you know, we were briefly talking before the show. I think this is the most interesting one with the widest range of outcomes, especially with the new 3-4 system. You know, you have a lot of guys with a lot of experience, I know. I think what I, I went through the list. I think there's five guys, including Aaron Blackwell, the grad transfer, that are seniors. And you have Keon Bars, who played a lot as a true freshman. You know, you got Jalen Cochran, who was highly touted in high school and has had injury problems. Almost quit the team a few years ago. You know, who who knows if this he finally gets a chance to live up to the the high school hype? I mean, it is literally do or die time for him. You got Aaron Blackwell, who's I think he was uh, all, you know, at least like what second team all conference at uh, New Mexico State or you New- went was it UNM or New Mexico State he came from? I forget. Uh, New Mexico State, I believe. Um, and then you got JB Brown, who everybody expected to kind of blow up last year, was more like decent, right? Um, mm-hmm. Shows some ability to maybe. Be yeah, a of course, it was New Mexico rusher. for Blackwell. By the way, had a fifty-fifty okay. chance, and I got it wrong. New Mexico. Well. Poor Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a new Mexico. You know, you know, JB Brown in a, in a, you know, like a more of a five technique defensive end actually intrigues me. Cause it seems like he has kind of the, the quick hands and quick reaction time that might be able to play to his strengths. You know, it might not still produce a lot of statistics, but if he's able to disrupt some plays, you know, that's a path to success. Trayvon Mason, I actually think was one of the most underrated players on the team last year. He really came on as the season, uh, went along as he got into better shape you know, and carved out his role. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the common thing with the roster in, in this, in this year compared to prior years, especially back to rich rod years, there's a lot more size there, right. Um, between Trayvon Mason, Aaron Blackwell, miles Tapasoa, who was supposed to be the guy that was going to come in and be the stud defensive tackle was, was fine, but not maybe as productive as one might've hoped. Right. So, you know, those are those guys are all seniors that have a lot of experience, a lot of size. And then I think there's a 
there's a big drop off in experience and certainty. You know, Keon Bars is the next closest thing to a sure thing. The guy who got the most playing time as a true freshman, but I'm old enough to remember. Uh, do you remember Justin Washington for the Wildcats like 15 years ago? Was like all American freshman for Arizona and then did basically nothing for the remainder of his Wildcats career. You know, <laughs> that's my way of saying don't get. I, I, I'm trying to convince myself to not get too excited about Keon Bars uh, just because, you know, you need to see, hopefully you see a sophomore jump, not a sophomore slump. Uh, but then you got Mikey Irving, Nahe Salunga, and then you got all the freshman guys that they brought in last year, Regan Terry, um, Dion Wilson, Chantrell Key, and Paris Shand. All four of those to varying levels are kind of boomer bust guys, and that's kind of a common thing for defensive linemen. And honestly, what, you know, we talked about it back in, I feel like, pre-coronavirus that for this for this team like this program you're not going to probably get that many sure bet five-star defensive linemen so you got to find the the balls of clay and hopefully develop them and mold them and last year's recruiting class with those four guys seemed to fit that but then you look at this top to bottom and you say i could see this being actually a strength of the team but then you look at production last year for the guys that are older and then you look at the younger guys who are all boomer bust types and you can't you're probably redshirting most of them. So you say, I could also see this going very poorly very and, quickly. And being the defense's undoing, right? And especially when yeah. you go to a 3-4, largely your defensive linemen are meant to eat up blockers. You know, you want your linebackers to have free reign. You want to have Colin Schooler and Tony Fields especially have room to make the tackles. Now, that doesn't mean you don't want defensive linemen who can penetrate and get to the quarterback, but they're supposed to be guys who you need to work to block them. And, yeah, there's... There's names and guys who we've seen play fairly well, but not consistently enough and certainly not impactful enough to be those types of players. Even last year, Trevon Mason was good. He filled his role, especially as the season went on. But is he a guy you could build your defensive line around? No. J.B. Brown, there's some hype. He was a little bit of a smaller defensive lineman, but he didn't quite live up to that where he was going into last season. Blacklow, of course, is transferring over from New Mexico. Yeah, okay. I got it right this time. Watch me get it wrong again. It's like, geez, do I learn anything? And on Cochran, too. And, and to your point, like, you see in the freshman, the guys that brought in Terry, Wilson, Key, and Shand, that size you were talking about. Whereas the Rich Rodriguez defense, what they were doing with him and Marcel Yates, it wasn't exactly a premium. And now they're bringing those guys who, yes, if they develop and with the right coaching, and this coaching staff defensive clearly is supposed to be a bunch of teachers and developers of talent. If they can do that, then it seems like there's enough potential there where one or two of those guys will become impact players, especially with their size. I mean, Shan's a big guy. Key's a big guy. You know, those guys, you could see a world where they make an impact, not this season, maybe next year or the year after that. But certainly in terms of production that you can count on, there really isn't much. And that's a problem because we talked last week about the linebackers. We like this team's linebackers, especially their starters. But if the defensive linemen are struggling, if they can't provide any pass rush or eat up blockers or get any penetration in the backfield, in the running game, then those linebackers are going to have a tougher time. So to your point, yes, this defense could be better. The defensive line could be better than we think because there is potential. But if they're not, then this defense as a whole will struggle again. Yeah, and I think I think it's a little bit analogous. We talked about with the outside linebackers last week that Andy, Andy Boo, was his chance to develop those guys and get the most out of the talent was going to be a telling position group. I think this with the defensive line coaches coaches and the, and the, the staff overall – um, was it Stan Egan, I think, is the defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, again, here's where for the guy, there's, 
can you get the most out of the guys that have the experience? And then can you develop the young guys? Because there's there ain't much in between there, right? Um, and and at some point for the short term and the long term, you need to have some development along this along the defensive line front. Otherwise, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches. As much as people want to try to say in the spread offense, it doesn't matter as much. It really does. Um, you know, on the plus side, you have that size. I mean, can you remember an Arizona Wildcats team in recent memory that has two true like nose tackles that are the size of Miles Tapuso and Aaron Blackwell? No, and they they will take up space. They'll help. Just that alone, yeah. if you have size, that helps. You know, and so we'll we'll see. I I actually am a I'm pretty high on Trayvon Mason, um, and Keon Bars looked damn good as a freshman. Mm-hmm. JB Brown has ha- has shown some flashes. So, you know, I look at this and I say, oh, they might be pretty decent, actually. And then I go, nah, I can't really say that. And I'm like, well, they might have some depth. And I go, well, I'm not sure I can really say that either. <laughs> um, so it's this this uh, <laughs> I feel like the defensive line is maybe the inflection point on where the defense is going to their their success is going to hinge. They're, they're either going to be the a foundation of a much, a much improved defense or. <laughs> a primary reason why the defense is still terrible. Yeah. And that's where you almost, you're trying to, well, you need to believe in this coaching staff and the guys that they did bring in because they revamped the entire defensive coaching staff with an emphasis on teaching the fundamentals. And Paul Rhodes said all the right things in his press conference. And Eggins said the right things. Booth said the right things. Like they've all said the right things about developing what they have. But we've talked about that where until you're bringing in the four and five star talent, which Arizona is not, and if you do bring those guys in, you still have to develop what you have. And if you believe that guys like Mason with the right coaching and J.B. Brown with the right coaching, Tapuso with the right coaching can make impacts, then maybe you are more confident and bullish on this defensive line because we have seen them make plays. We've seen flashes from pretty much all these guys. And, then of course, the freshmen, Terry Wilson, Key, and Shand. Like, there seems to be plenty of potential there. I mean, Terry was a guy that USC was trying to, you know, flip at the very last second. So it's not that there's just a total lack of talent on the defensive line, but there has been a lack of production. So if that can change with the coaching staff and the new scheme, and when you have a 3-4, you don't need as many good defensive linemen, of course. But if these guys can take a step forward, they don't have to take leaps, just a small step forward to being decent, then you're going to see an entirely different defense because those linebackers will look a lot better. And when the linebackers look better, they're getting a pass rush. When you're getting a pass rush, your defensive backs look a lot better. So, again, Arizona had 17 sacks last season. Last in the conference, Colorado was 11th with 22. Like, that's bad. I mean, it's a little more than a sack a game, so good on Arizona for that. But just how many times have we seen when a team would have, like, third and 17, you're like, well, they got Arizona's defense right where they want them. You know, in situations where you need to get to the quarterback, Arizona just cannot. And even that's not seen seen in sacks. If you just pressure the quarterback, force mistakes or anything, like, that's fine. But Arizona, we've seen them. We know. There's been no pass rush for the better part of, well, since Scooby Wright left. Yeah. I mean, the... The defensive line in a 3-4 scheme isn't necessarily going to show up in sacks, but might be in pressures or hurries. It's going to show up in, like, can you can you contain the run game to some extent, and can you, uh, you know, disrupt enough in the passing game or free up guys to other guys to disrupt in the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, it's the interesting thing. I look at this roster. Usually when people trans, you know, transform a, a defensive scheme from like a 4-3 to a 3-4 you know we were in a 4-2-5 and a 3-3-5 odd stack before that 
I look at this roster and like oftentimes finding like those three, four, like five technique defensive ends are hard to find and nose tackles are hard to find. I think our personnel is matched to a three, four scheme fairly well, much more than I think a four, two, five was <laughs> with the, the, a lot of the edge guys playing that kind of defensive end pass rusher role. Right. It brings um, on like a lot of other questions too, when you put it that way. Well, <laughs> Oh, Marcel Gates. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's kind of the, the theme of the whole roster story we've been doing every week, right? Is like, I can see a path to success for this group, but this may be more than others. Is like, you really got to show me some production. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's there, there's no, there's no in between with this group. I feel like it's going to be either, a you know, they take a, a large step forward, like you said, or even a significant step forward, it makes all the difference that trickles down through the defense mm-hmm. all the way to the backfield, like you said. Or it's going to be the defense's undoing, where you know a school like UCLA is just going to be like, well, we're going to hand the ball off and run it down your throats, right? And that's we've seen when Arizona, I think it was against Texas Tech last season, especially when Arizona just ran the ball their final drive that put the game away. Like it's so disheartening for a defense when that happens. When you know they're going to run on you and you can't stop, and we've seen that happen to Arizona so many times, too many times, and it's it would be unfair to expect this defense to just all of a sudden basically do a one eighty in one offseason. Like coaching was a problem, we believe, but it wasn't the only problem. It's hard to imagine this new coaching staff, along with one more year of growth from these guys, all of a sudden turns them into I don't know desert swarm. Right? It's not going to be the case. But I don't think it's too much to ask for a slight improvement because, again, these guys, they're not, they're not bad players necessarily. Like, we've seen them make plays. They belong on the field. Some of the guys like Brown, Mason, Bars, Tapu Osa, you know, Cochran, uh, Mikey Irving, Kobana Watson. You know, these guys have played, and Aaron Blackwell's played. And these freshmen they brought in have reasons for being there, but it's what can they turn into. And that's where you do have to look at the coaching and say, hopefully they're the guys to bring the most out of these players. Because if they can, if Rhodes can, if Book can, if Egan can, then you will see a better defense. It's that simple. You know, maybe it's a scheme, maybe it's the coaching, whatever it is. It does seem to be, even if the results haven't been there, the talent level that's been brought in, and you mentioned this earlier, just look at the size on this defensive line. When was the last time you saw that? These look like Pac-12 defensive linemen. They have the look. Whether they play like it, that remains to be seen, but... The type of talent, the type of player that someone has been bringing in seems to fit the mold of a defensive lineman that you'd actually want to have in the Pac-12. Yeah, well, who was our uh, the Arizona kid that was a walk-on defensive tackle on our Fiesta Bowl team? And he was like, you know, oh. 260 pounds nose tackle or something. I'm blanking on his name. He was like, got by on all heart. Parker Zellers, was that him? Yeah, yeah, that's who I was trying to think of. Like... These guys are all considerably larger men than Parker Zellers ever was, even the freshmen, right? Uh, physically, not not metaphorically, but um, you know. And God bless Parker Zellers. He, you know, he 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 used toughness and quickness to to be a fairly productive lineman. But you know, you throw a five star offensive lineman in front, you know, in front of him, he's not going to win a hundred percent of those battles. He's going to be lucky to sneak away with two or three wins right mm-hmm. uh in terms of a one-on-one battle but we'll see because if you can get 
average play out of the defensive line, I think that sets you up for a, a, an a, at least an average defense, which is a big improvement for Arizona. And if you have an average defense with what I think can be a pretty potent offense, you're a bowl that's team. How, you're you're a, you're suddenly a competent team. Yeah, Ooh. you're a, you're a bowl team, right? Um, so we'll we'll see. I think, like I said, I think this is really where the a lot of the the season success or failure is going to hinge on is how this group performs. And uh, I don't necessarily feel great about putting money on any of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much more there is to say about it, other than other than that, you know. Well, what I would say, and like you did your little rankings here with the impact, the floor, the potential, and I agree with what I see here is that if nothing else, whether they're good this year with what Arizona has, the future seems to have more potential with guys like Terry, Wilson, Key, and Shand especially. And you look at Arizona's recruiting right now, they have two defensive linemen committed right now, Evan Branch Haynes, who's a defensive tackle, and Alex Navarro-Silva, who recently committed. He's a defensive end. It doesn't, there's a lot of focus on linebackers, and we talked about that last week, where they're losing pretty much all their linebackers, especially their two middle linebackers, so they need that. Defensive line, with the guys they're bringing in this season, and Bars being an underclassman, uh, Irving, you know, redshirt sophomore, they're starting to build some depth there, at least maybe not depth because you have to have good players to consider it depth, and we don't know if these guys are going to be productive. But you can see a, t- a potential future with what they're doing. You know, where and doesn't mean they're going to pan out. It doesn't mean really anything, but you just look at the size, you look at the type of player they're bringing, you're like, okay, I could see that world. You know, these aren't all OKGs, which credit to OKGs, they won a Pac-12 South title. But you see what Arizona's bringing in here, you're like, you know what? I could see a world where they are useful players on that defensive line. And to your, like you said, Brett, it starts there. It all starts in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. And we saw it last year when Arizona's offensive line got all injured, the offense fell apart, and the defensive line wasn't good, and they couldn't stop anyone, and then Arizona loses their final seven games. Like, that's what happens. So this season they have decent upperclassmen. Their starters are at least somewhat reliable in what they have been, where they're not awful. But they need everyone to take a small step forward to be decent to good. And if they can do that, then the whole defense is, you know, the defense is going to be much, much improved. Yeah, and I think I think your point is well taken. Like of the four freshmen, Terry, Wilson, Key, and Shand, you know, those are like I said, they're all kind of boomer bust guys. And you the thing is, if you're Arizona, you need to take some of those chances on especially on linemen. But you need one of those guys to pop and maybe become like a potential all-conference type contender. Uh, hopefully, one that's like a, at least average starter, and then ideally at least one of those four that is a competent backup. The, the likelihood of all four of those guys hitting is, you know, almost zero. <laughs> uh, but you can't have two or three or God, you know, all four of them be bus because. You know, look at all those seniors disappear, and then you you know there's going to be plenty of snaps available, uh, in if not this year for these guys, quicker than uh, is is typically common in a you know power five conference uh, football team. So you're you're going to find out probably sooner than not if these guys are going to have any type of future. You know, I'm not saying this season, but I would say, well, assuming there's a this season, you know, I think whatever you got, this season is. Yeah, you know, one one or two of those guys is probably contending for a starting job as a redshirt freshman or a sophomore just by based on the current depth chart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. And 
the the big thing is you need to not have the the big swing and a miss like you had on a lot of old recruits back in the Rich Rod days. Yeah, that's true. Well, but let's take one more break, and when we come back, let's go over some recent Arizona news. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so Brett, it's been about you know a week since we did a show, and well, there hasn't been other really big news other than what we talked about to start this show with how the coming back to school and practices thing has been put on pause. There has been some news recruiting wise. Arizona got a tight end quarterback hybrid, Colby Powers. Uh, he committed to Arizona a three star, as mentioned before. Alex Navarro Silva, defensive end, he committed to Arizona. So that's a couple more recruits for the Wildcats. They're in on a linebacker who I guess are their top eight. Yay. Um, so recruiting for Arizona football, we've talked about it a lot, and it still seems to be moving along. It hasn't really taken an up kick from what we've seen. You're not all of a sudden landing four and five stars, but they're still adding talent for the 2021 class. And we're well on pace to have 47 members of the, this 2021 class at this pace. <laughs> uh you know, we went from people panicking that there weren't enough commits to now it's probably a lot of people going hey, slow down, we have too many commits, we need to save spaces for all those uh, those four- and five-star guys that we're going to try to target, right? Um, you know, it's... It, it, momentum in recruiting, I think, is generally a good thing, and, you know, we'll see how many guys end up signing on the dotted line and showing up, but, you know, having, having a class is better than not having a class at this point. Uh, and as you get some of these more commitments, it allows you to really focus in on those guys, like some of those guys you're talking about that are, you know, the, the higher rated you are, the later you tend to decide. So filling in with guys that you've identified early, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see. We've talked about it. Maybe the, the coaches' evaluation skills, maybe the pandemic and no camps uh, will work to our advantage in, un, in finding those hidden gems. But, you know, that's a thing that mark this date three years from now, right? Mm-hmm. We can check back in. But, you know, there's still more positive momentum, and uh, hopefully we don't have the class filled up before we uh, before <laughs> before they tell us the season doesn't happen. Well, or, where did that be? It's, it's the weird thing about recruiting, and obviously they have an idea of how many players they're going to have to add in this next class, but you can't rely on landing your four- and five-star targets, right? Especially because they're going to be offered by a ton of people. And, like, you probably have an idea if you have a real chance at these guys. And when they got Clay Millen, they had a real, they knew they had a chance to get him. So he was the quarterback they were going after, and he was pretty highly recruited. But I don't worry about them filling up their recruiting class. It's like, oh, man, we would totally take you four-star recruit, but we added another three-star a month ago, and shucks. You know, good luck at Oregon. You know, like, I don't think it's going to be like that. 
But for Arizona right now, I think you do need to keep doing this. Add talent, especially if you believe in them. If you trust your talent valuation and you believe in these players, go get them because you are building that class. And if it comes down to where you have a few spots open, then to your point, you can then wait for them. You can say, hey, we want to get you. You're the missing piece. You're the last link to this class. But if you miss on them, it doesn't ruin the entire recruiting cycle for you. And that's what it seems like Arizona is doing and targeted. I mean, they got a tight end, one tight end, Colby Powers, 6'4", 235. You know, good size for a tight end. He'll get bigger, too, but good height. Alex Romero Silva, 6'5", 220, a JUCO Community College defensive end. Like, that just fits in this whole theme what we've seen from Arizona where they may not be four-star recruits, but they're three stars, some of them high three stars, with the requisite size, the things that, cliche, you can't teach, they have that. And so they're trusting that when they get them on campus, they can teach them to be better football players. That's the hope, and that's the, that's the plan. Yeah, we'll, see so. how it, we'll, we'll see how it works out for them. As of now, the class is still number six in the Pac-12, so that's good. Um, other news, Jamari Joyner has a boot removed from his surgically repaired left foot. That's good. That was one of those when it just it's like, oh, he broke his foot. What? But now since the season's not going to start probably on time, he has even more time to heal. I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure on Twitter he, or his mom showed the giant screw that was still in his foot. So, you know, the foot injuries really frighten me um, in terms of athletes. But, you know, I, it's progressing as you would hope it would. And the likely delay of the season probably gives him more time to not rush back and have less of a chance of re-injuring it. So I think that can be a positive thing for him, at least personally. And that's it right there is that foot injuries are never a good thing, but the biggest problem players have is rushing back because it's not fully healed. And the longer that Joyner can wait to get back on, he can take his time. That's a good thing because he's a guy who, I mean, his last season, his first year as a receiver was really good. Showed a lot of potential. We've talked about him as possibly an NFL caliber receiver. He's fast. He's got good hands. He's got good size. He was a good receiver. And you just think, now look at him with another year under his belt as a receiver and with a quarterback who's a little bit more accurate than the one he had thrown in the ball last season. What could Jamari Joyner become? But if he's not healthy, it won't matter. So hopefully this is the first step towards him becoming, well, just healthy and ready to go because when he is right, he seems like he's going to be a really big player for that passing game. Yeah, so as you said, don't rush back, Jamari. There's no reason to rush. Get healthy. (laughs) We're going to need you eventually. Yeah, whenever that time comes, we don't know when it will be. But, you know. Other news, not really related to Arizona on the program, but Alonzo Trier, our guy, we've talked about him quite a bit on this show. He was released by the New York Knicks in this weird NBA playoff that they're doing. Doesn't really make any sense to me. But it's hard to imagine he'll be out of work long because Trier, in his couple years in the NBA, has been a productive scorer off the bench. (laughs) He's not a bad NBA player. Well, I mean, he's been he he's been training his entire life to be that offense only NBA style game player, right? Like that's what he was doing in the in his time in Arizona. He was trying to beat the man in front of him, and that's kind of the name of the game in in the NBA, right? But, but you want him to do well, right? It's the same. Oh, yeah. we, we talk about with football, where you want to see guys get to the NFL from Arizona. Basketball hasn't had that much of an issue getting guys to the NBA, but certainly under Miller, there's been not many players who have gone on and become stars in the NBA. And I'm not saying Trier is going to be a star, but guys who developed under Miller and went in, like, how many more? Like Derek Williams was the first one, and he was a bust as a number two pick. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's been fine, but he hasn't been a star. Solomon Hill played his way in being a first-round pick, but he hasn't been a star. 
DeAndre Ayton is uh, going to be a star, but he was also a star when he arrived on campus. So it's hard to. Uh, La- Lowry Markinen has entered the chat. Yeah, no, and that's but that's there's not many of those guys. Yeah. So Arizona and Trier was a very good player for U of A, and it'd be nice to see more Arizona players go to the NBA because it used to be like you look at how many NBA draft picks are in the video. I'm not sure anymore, but you had guys who were impact players: Sean Elliott, Andre Iguodala. You know, Steve Kerr had a long career. Like that was Arizona was sending guys to the NBA, not just sending them there, but sending them there to succeed, to be very good also, players. Damon Stoudemire. You know, that's. Yeah, though you also left off your list the greatest player in the NBA, T.J. McConnell. Oh, and then Aaron Gordon, too. And, but no, so it's not that Arizona hasn't been sending guys, and Miller hasn't been sending guys to the NBA, but the more he can keep doing that, and the more guys who succeed, excel at that level, like no. Arizona doesn't necessarily need that help in recruiting because it's Arizona, the brand kind of sells itself, but it never hurts to have more players, especially guys like Alonzo Trier, who stuck around for three seasons. You know, like Nick Johnson was there for three seasons, and he was a second-round pick, I think, and didn't really last in the NBA. He's still playing professionally. But you want guys who, like Solomon Hill, when he went from being a somewhat lightly recruited guy to a first-round draft pick after his senior year, that's a huge thing. That's a win for Sean Miller. You know, it shows, look at me, develop talent. Aaron Gordon didn't need to be developed. Larry Markkinen didn't need to be developed. DeAndre Ayton didn't need to be developed. Alonzo Trier stayed for three seasons, went undrafted. Not a great look. But if he turns into a good player in the NBA, that kind of minimizes that. And it's like, hey, he's from Arizona. He played there. And look, he's good in the NBA now. And I think Trier will be. I like his game. I like it more for the NBA than for the college level. But yeah. he's he's not a bad player at all. Yeah, and I think your point's right. He's he's built for the NBA, right? And he's made he's he's already had a more of a contract uh, payday than most undrafted NBA guys have had. So he's already had some pretty good success financially, at least. Yeah, for sure. So Brett, any, any other news? Did we miss anything? I know we're going to take next week off. You're going out of town unless real news happens. Then we'll just get you to leave your vacation and do a quick podcast. But yeah, well, we're, we're, yeah, we're taking the, we did the coronavirus tests have been quarantining and going to try to do a socially distant long drive to beautiful Pullman, Washington to visit my fiance's parents for a few days and camp along the way. So it's, I'm going to be in a car a lot and then, uh, hanging out in their house in Pullman, which is, you know, when you can't go anywhere, pretty much like when you go to Pullman anyway, whether you can't go somewhere or not. If you can't go anywhere, you might as well go to a place where you wouldn't want to go anywhere, in which case you don't feel like you're missing out on anything, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some elements of Pullman I very much appreciate. Probably going to do some fishing, so that'll be fun. Good. But hopefully, hopefully if there's any news, it's only very positive news, and then I'll be chomping at the bit to to jump on the, uh, the old Skype machine. Mm. I believe that happens on phones and computers everywhere. You know, you could talk on the Internet. We, we can make a show happen if we need to, but as of right now, as when you're listening to this, don't expect it next week. We'll give you a week off, but there's still plenty of content to listen to on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Bryant, they're still doing, going through Arizona basketball games of the past, doing play-by-plays and everything, so stay tuned on that because if we're not on, there's still content. You'll want to listen. It's good stuff. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, at Wildcat Radio AZ on the Twitter machine. Hit us up there, and we might get back to the mailbag theme again. But otherwise, we'll catch you in two weeks. And until then, stay safe, wear your masks, and remember to bear down. Bear down.